Episode 53, Total Commitment. Well, I think it's safe to say that the word suffering is not something that the church, or for that matter, 99.9% of all people want to talk about or experience. Unfortunately, following Jesus, we will be called to suffer at times. Let me read a couple of scriptures as a reminder to what I'm talking about. Jeremiah 15.15 says, Then Jeremiah replied, Lord, you know it is for your sake that I am suffering. They are persecuting me because I have proclaimed your word to them. That's the living translation. Again, in Acts 5, 40 through 42, verse 40 says, The council, the Sanhedrin Jewish high court, took Gamaliel, the high priest's advice, and after summoning, summoning the apostles, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then released them. So they, the disciples, left the council rejoicing that they had been considered worthy, dignified by indignity, to suffer shame for the sake of his name. And every single day in the temple area, in homes, they did not stop teaching and telling the good news of Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, and the Anointed One. It's great to have you back with us today. I'm Neil Parks, and welcome to Fill the Lamp. We left off last time with Song chapter 6, verse 1, and the lost daughters of Jerusalem wanting to be following alongside the bride as she follows Jesus. You see, this conversation between the daughters and the bride started back in Song 5, verse 8. And so now the daughters see the bride's overflowing intimacy in chapter 6 with Jesus. And they conclude that she, the bride, knows something about Jesus that they don't know. Therefore, they asked the follow-up question in chapter 6, verse 1 of the Song of Solomon. Where is your beloved that we may seek him like you do? We want to know him like you do. We want what you have. That's what they're saying. And you might say, her witness is working. So the bride's answer in song chapter 5, 10 through 16, caused the immature or lost daughters, if you will, to change their question from now, what is he, to where can we find him? They are no longer content to serve Jesus at a distance. They ask the same question the bride asked in Song 1, verse 7. 
Where does Jesus feed his flock? You see, these daughters refer to Jesus when speaking to the bride as your beloved, because he is not yet their beloved. And they continue to see her, the bride, as a godly person filled with God's presence, and watch the intimacy between the bride and the beloved grow, referring to the bride as O fairest among women. Now, these daughters of Jerusalem want to seek Jesus along with the bride. In chapter 6, verse 1, the bride's proclamation of Jesus' beauty stirs them to seek after him with passion. They are now willing to let go of their other beloveds, or better put, their other love affairs with the world. We all seem to have those, uh, a few of those, don't we? But until we fall head over heels and become love sick for him, we will never be satisfied in this life of our existence. The bride's testing results in the lives of others, and that brings dramatic change. We never know who is watching us as we love Jesus in our difficulties. The Holy Spirit is raising up love-sick messengers who know Jesus in a way that will change the expression of Christianity in all the earth and preparing the bride to be strong in love in the end-time pressures. you find that in Revelation 15, verses 2 through 4. So now, in Song 6, 2 and 3, the bride is answering this second question of the lost daughters. Where can we find him? Verse 2 says, My beloved has gone to his garden, to the beds of spices. He feeds his flock in the gardens and to gather, and to gather lilies. Verse 3 says, I am my beloved's and my beloved." is mine. He feeds his flock among the lilies. The bride is saying Jesus is in his church and building it. She teaches she teaches them where they can find Jesus in an intimate way. You see, Jesus dwells in his garden to gather and feed his people. His garden, singular, speaks of the worldwide church, the ecclesia, which is made up of local parts of the body in Christ, or the gardens. Matthew sixteen eighteen says, I will build, Jesus speaking, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The bride is now answering the questions from the one she herself asked Jesus in Song 1, verses 7 and 8. And now she repeats what her beloved Jesus told her 
in answering those. She asked Jesus, tell me where you feed your flock. In Song 1-8, when he answered her, he gave her a threefold answer. Now listen to the answer. Her question, verse 7, tell me, O you whom I love, where you feed your flock. Now the beloved answers in verse 8, Do you not know my fairest among women? Follow in the footsteps of the flock. Now what's he saying here? Number one, commit to the body of Christ and refuse isolation. He goes on to say, and feed your little goats. And that is saying, commit to servant ministry. And then he goes on to say, beside the shepherd's tent. And he's saying, commit to spiritual authority and refuse spiritual independence. So this so reminds me of the demanding discipleship that requires following Christ in Luke 9, 57 and 6 through 62. I just want to read this to you. Jesus talking. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus told him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, he is saying, I'm homeless. Are you still interested? And 59 says, he said to another that was asking him, follow me, accepting me as master and teacher. But he said, Lord, this is the one wanting to follow, Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, allow the spiritually dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and spread the news about the kingdom of God. And then another also said, I will follow you, Lord, as your disciple. But first, let me say goodbye to those at my home. But Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things he left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Each one of these scenarios, my friends, they all have the buts, don't they? Well, we're going to call that a wrap for today. And I'd love to hear you hear from you at fillthelamp at yahoo.com. All one word, fillthelamp at yahoo.com. Let's pray. Father, we're just here before you, and we are petitioning you for more of you. Lord, I pray my listeners would become plagued being love sick with you. 
Father God, you came. You paid the price that no person could pay. Lord, we just want to lift you up. We want you to wash us with your word, Father God. And we know by having forgiveness, the only way we get forgiveness, Father God, is because you shed your blood at Calvary. And when we confess our sins, you are faithful and true to con- to forgive our sins and restore us to righteousness. Your word, Father God, says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, Father, I pray and I lift up each and every listener today that they would seek you with all their hearts, Lord that they would lift you up, that when they are going through sufferings, that they would know that this will glorify you as we keep our eyes upon you. So, Lord, I ask blessings of grace upon them. I ask that they would come asking for forgiveness at any moment, that they would fall into the trap of the world. And I pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, until next time, I'm Neil Parks.